0: So we're doing something a little bit different today. We have two guests for today's episode. They've both been on the show before and they have been some of y'all's very favorite guests. Today on the show, we have Kaylee Dickerson and Hannah Seymour, who also happen to be sisters-in-law. Isn't that fun? Hannah's married to Kaylee's brother. Kaylee is a photographer, a writer, and wife to country artist Russell Dickerson. And Hannah is the author of a book called The College Girl Survival Guide. And she's also an incredible mentor, Bible teacher, and friend. In this episode, the three of us got together to answer some of y'all's biggest questions about newlywed life. We chat about everything from how much bickering is normal to how to deal with finances to navigating a healthy sex life, and that is just the beginning. You guys are not gonna wanna miss out on this conversation. But before we dive in, I know that a lot of y'all might be listening because you're newlyweds right now, but I also know we have a ton of wonderful women in our community who are currently single. So if that's you, there's something I wanted to make sure you knew about. Friends, I'm so excited to say that registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, is opening up again on February 4th. Guys, I am so excited about this and I would love to have you join us. If this is your first time hearing about the course, let me tell you just a little bit about it. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step system to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four-week course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. We talk about a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and your passions, and how to invest in yourself. We're gonna talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single, because unfortunately, it does not wait until we're married to show up, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends even when you're in different stages of life. That can be so tough, but I'll help you navigate it and so much more. So again, registration for the course only opens twice a year, and the next time is on February 4th. That's in one week. I cannot believe it. You can find out all about the course and get your name on the waiting list at loveyoursinglelife.com. That link will also be in our show notes, so you can find it there too. One other thing I wanted to say is that I know some of you may be listening to this well after February or in a totally different time of the year and that is totally fine. Head over to the website anyway. You can still put your name on the waiting list and that way you'll be the very first to know next time the course opens back up. I cannot wait to share this with y'all. Okay, now with that said, let's jump into my conversation with Hannah and Kaylee. Right, friends. I'm so excited for this episode. Seriously, get ready. We're having the ultimate girls night morning. It's morning. It's not nighttime. <laughs> but I'm sitting here with my dear friends, Kaylee and Hannah, and we are curled up in like comfy sweaters on a rainy day, all drinking coffee. Um, guys, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having us.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> so you guys have had the pleasure of meeting both Hannah and Kaylee before. Hannah's like basically our co-host at this point. <laughs> We've had Hannah on the show so many times because she's so great. And Kaylee, you've been here before, which is awesome. I still get messages from girls who are like, give us more Kaylee. We love her so much. Um, and so really quickly, will you guys just take a second to tell us who you are and what you do to give us some background? And in the show notes, we'll link to all the other episodes you guys have been on, because if you guys haven't heard them, you're going to want to go back and listen. Um, so you'll be able to hear more from them there. But I just want to get some context from you guys. Hannah, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So I'm an author, a speaker. I produce another podcast. I work for a family owned nonprofit. I'm a wife, a mom, and like all the million other things that all of us women are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have a book that came out um, almost a year ago. Yeah. That's crazy. It's almost a year. It's the college girl survival guide. And we'll be pushing it again, big time this April, May, (laughs) because it's the perfect high school graduation gift to give to your Favorite or least favorite girl that's <laughs> bound for college. We all need help, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, it comes from 10 years of working on college campuses and mentoring college women. So it's so my pride that. and joy. I love that. Besides my son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, they do say that writing a book is like having a baby. So maybe they're both. Yeah.
1: yeah and I basically did both at the same time. So yeah. that was fun. Was Which
0: is a treat. Insane. <laughs> I feel like we should retroactively pray for you. <laughs>
2: Tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Kaylee Dickerson. I am a touring wife and videographer, photographer—not so much anymore, honestly. I've Kind of retired that. But I live on the road. Um, my husband sings country music, and his name is Russell. So if you hear me refer to Russ or Russell, it's him. Uh, I live in a bus with <laughs> a bunch of boys, <laughs> and I love it. I really do love it. That
0: is. Just such a <laughs>
2: <It's>
1: <laughs> just, not normal. It's Swedish. not normal. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's not normal. But, but I love it so much. Are they stinky boys or do they smell they good for the most part? I, okay. I like to say Kevin is actually the bus mom. People are like, "Are you the bus mom?" So our bass player, mustache Kevin. He's the, he's more the bus mom. He will transition us out of coffee phase into like wine phase, and he'll like <laughs> he like lights candles. Like he really. Oh. oh yeah, he's definitely the bus mom. He keeps it clean. If it's like guy. getting cluttered, he
0: gets frustrated. That is amazing. That is amazing. Okay, so guys, I'm so excited about this episode. Um, Hannah and I started dreaming this up a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. um, talking about this. And Kaylee, actually, an experience that I had at your house was the inspiration for this. So I want to kind of set it up. And then we have so many questions to dive into together. It's I'm so excited about this. So it was the first year, the first year that Carl and I were married. was also the first year that I got to meet you guys. And Kaylee, um, I was in your small group at the church we were both going to at the time. And Carl and I went through so much transition when we were first married. And, and during that first year, we lost like a million jobs between us. I feel like our work lives were in transition. We had just moved to Nashville where we didn't, I mean, you guys were some of the first people I met here. I didn't know anybody when we, when we arrived and Carl and I have also moved within Nashville several times. And so while I was in your small group, there was this one like month long period and we had just moved into a new house. And if anyone has moved recently or ever, you know, it's, the worst thing ever <laughs> because all of your stuff is in boxes. You can't find anything you need. I think I had just come out with, I'm positive. I had just come out with a book in the middle of, in the middle of moving and I couldn't find like anything that I needed. And it just was a whole thing. And in the midst of moving and all this transition, Carl and I just like got off track with each other. And for some, this doesn't happen to us All that often, but it did. And it it happened for like several weeks in a row. We just could not get on the same page. We were bickering about everything. We got in this huge fight about, about like closet space, which is so cliche. It just (laughs) kills me. But like, and we don't normally, that's not normally our, our like MO. We don't normally fight over things like closet space, but we just were so stressed and tired and like off our normal rhythm of life that everything was driving us nuts. And I remember being really worried and not knowing what to do about it. I had no idea how to get us back on track. We Every time we would try to talk through whatever the latest like stupid little thing was, we would just end up like bringing something else up. I mean, we just couldn't get through it. And and I also felt really alone in this because I didn't know who I could talk to. I think that when, especially when we're first married, when we talk about struggles in our marriage, it seems like it puts everybody on high alert. Like if you say my marriage isn't going well, it's like, you're on the brink of divorce. Everyone watch <laughs> yeah. out. Like there's, it, you can't say that. It, it, it's sort of like, if you say like, I have a cold, you people go, okay, well like take some NyQuil, get some rest, drink some water it's like, you can't say that about I'm fighting with my husband. You know, it's immediately like we're in the ER. If you say we're fighting, it feels like it's just, you're on the brink of disaster. And so I didn't know who to talk to about it. And I remember coming to small group at your house in the midst of all of this. And I think at the end of, at the end of the time we did like prayer requests. And I remember sitting there and it came to be my turn and I totally chickened out. And I said something like, pray for I don't, don't know. Stress, Big, yeah. were nothing. I think I
1: actually can't remember that. <laughs> an unspoken prayer request.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So again, oh I my totally gosh. chickened
0: out. And so, but then we got around the rest of the circle, and then I like had a change of heart, and I was like, actually, I have a different prayer request. And I remember telling you guys, Carl and I are fighting. We cannot get through it. Like we're just in a bad spot right now, and it was so crazy because I'm sitting there, and the girl to my left goes me too. And then the girl next to her goes, me too. And everyone started talking about seasons they've been in where like, they've been in, you know, kind of a same, a similar place and how they've gotten through it. And I remember, I feel like we were about to leave and we all just sat down and stayed for another hour or two hours or something talking about what it's actually like to be a newlywed and what marriage is actually like and the things that have helped us along the way. And it was so freeing to me. And I think that like having, knowing I wasn't alone, knowing that having a couple bad weeks wasn't like, a death sentence to our new marriage yeah. and having some friends to get to talk through it with was so freeing for me. And I think was a huge reason that we were able to sort of like get out of that funk. And so that's really what I wanted to do today was to talk through some of these things and hopefully help the women who are listening, who who are either super newly married, like two weeks or two years, or hey, I mean, none of us have been married for 20 years, but I think that, you know, <laughs> we all have different seasons in our marriages, but um, just like letting everyone know that they're not alone and sharing some of the things that have helped us along the way. So before we dive into all the questions that I have, because I have a huge list that have been sent in by our amazing um, Girls Night listeners, I want to uh, hear from each of you guys. I feel like we should each sort of introduce our husbands who are not here, but we're going to be talking about them (laughs) a lot. Um, So let's say like what their name is, maybe what they do, just some Mm -hmm. context, which we've sort of already done, but um, and then how long we've been married. So Hannah, do you want to go? Yeah. So
1: my husband is Tyler. Um, We've been married five years uh, in like about, I guess, a month or something. And Tyler is an entrepreneur. So in the last 10 years, he has Built two companies and he's currently kind of in between right now and ready to start his next venture. So that's my hubs.
2: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right, (laughs) Kaylee. My husband is Russell Dickerson. He is a country singer and we've been married five and a half years. That's crazy that we've been married almost the same amount of time. I know. But kind of,
1: you you really like, y'all are May and we're March. So you've really gotten us. I'm, I'm almost a five. We're almost six, six, I guess.
2: That's crazy. crazy. But we were friends for two years before we dated and then dated for two and a half.
0: Okay. So So we've been together for a long time. A long
2: time.
0: time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you guys have gotten to, if you've been listening to girls night for a while, you've actually gotten to meet my husband, which is really fun, but my husband's Carl and he owns, he's an entrepreneur. Also, he owns a marketing and branding firm here in Nashville and is just the most Obnoxiously talented human. I know he's good at everything. And we've been married for almost five years, also, which is nuts yeah. so I feel like we've we've all been married not long enough to give anyone advice about marriage overall so, <laughs> yeah. um, so if anyone's listening and you're like I've been married for 35 year, years you guys know nothing we are super aware <laughs> um, but also congratulations seriously congratulations uh, send us an email tell us all the things Let we us need know to your know. Secrets. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we have been married long enough to really talk about the first couple of years and to have have just a little bit of perspective on them while also really remembering what they were like yeah so I have this list of questions. I'm really excited about them. And we're just going to dive in and get through as many of them as possible. So everyone buckle your (laughs) seat. Okay. So the first question is from a girl who says, we bicker about the stupidest things, Uh, how to clean dishes, where things go in the house, how to, or who takes care of what chores. Sometimes I feel like there is nothing we won't fight about. Do you guys have any advice? So I wanted to hear from you guys. Have you You know, I talked about this a little bit. Carl and I definitely have had seasons where it's like, we're totally doing this. Have you guys experienced this? And yeah, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I have so many thoughts about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So just the other day, actually, I was thinking about if someone looked in on my marriage and measured how much I love Tyler solely based on how I serve him, acts of service, like how would I rank? (laughs) And I think it's a valid question for all of us to ask ourselves. And I mean, you know, five love languages. There are lots of ways to show your spouse that you love them. But my husband is acts of service and he outserves me. I mean, I would have to bust my booty to like equal him on a daily basis. <laughs> and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I married a man who shows his love and service. But I think a lot of times those tiny little things that we can start bickering over, it just really comes down to like, how selfish am I being or how selfless and service-oriented am I being. And early on in our marriage, so Tyler is a pretty clean, tidy guy, but I am cleaner and tidier. (laughs) Which is impressive, honestly. There are certain things that I like cannot handle like a dirty dish in the sink. Like why there's a dishwasher right next to it. Open up the dishwasher and put it in how you load the dishwasher. Also be important to me. Still something I have to pray about.
0: <laughs> I have to um, stop here for one second because we always say Carl and I spend a lot of time with, with Hannah and Tyler. And we always say that Hannah is really similar to Carl and I'm mm-hmm. really similar to Tyler mm-hmm. and Carl. Like I can hear him listening to this and going, Seth, yes. there is a dishwasher right there. <laughs> Just put the dish put in the there. And also glass. why did you
1: load the dishwasher this way? So yes. Oh, I I reload it. I went through a season where I didn't reload the dishwasher because I heard my mom be like, would you rather Tyler help by like putting dishes in the dishwasher? Or would you rather essentially train him that he can't do it and should never do it? So (laughs) I go through phases. Sometimes I reload it and sometimes I just let it be. Anyway, early on in our marriage, Tyler, when he walks into the door, he was trained to take off his shoes. That's the kind of house you grew up in. I was not. Actually, we took off our shoes. We had to march them upstairs to our bedroom and put them where they belonged. And if not, if my dad found our shoes anywhere in the house, he would confiscate them and hide them. And we had to pay $5 to get them back. (laughs) This is the household that I grew up in. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So I am not used to having shoes by the front door or anywhere besides in their closet where they belong. And Tyler kicks off his shoes. And, like, legit, all of Tyler's shoes could be by the front door all and of our shoes were by the front door. yeah and it like, was but i mean like today as a 35 year old <laughs> man right. because oh, yeah. that could be there no it makes sense yeah and it was a huge battle in the beginning because it drove me crazy like can you not just put and we lived in a townhouse so like it's not like there was like a foyer where you could have a pile of shoes <laughs> like it was like in front of the staircase anyway and it was a fight all the time and i was constantly annoyed like Freaking, put your shoes, whatever. And I talked to my mentor, and my mentor starts laughing about it, and is like, "Hannah, if the shoes bother you that much, put them away for him." And but then this is the kicker because it's not just like I'm removing the problem when he says, "Hey, babe, where are my shoes?" You say, "Oh, honey, I put them in your closet. Let me go get them for you."
0: Instead of, "I put put them in the closet," you (laughs) slob. What's your (laughs) problem?
1: (laughs) And so, and I mean, you can totally play devil's advocate on this and say he should, whatever. The point is, it bothered me. We had conversations about it. The compromise was he was allowed to keep one pair of shoes. And he <laughs> sometimes sticks to that. So I've learned to kind of chill on the front door. But also, at the end of the day, it was driving me crazy. And I can solve It's an easy solution. Pick up his shoes, put them away for him. But I'm still serving him by bringing... And, and I mean, how many times did he ask me to go get his shoes for him? Never. Like, <laughs> he will go get them himself. But the point being, like... I think a lot of times I have to, when Tyler does something that annoys me instead of just immediately blaming him and going, that's annoying me is going, okay, what, what's going on in my heart? What's the issue? What's the sin issue or whatever with me? Why, why is that bugging me and letting it be more of a time of self reflection and assessment and not blame game. My spouse annoys me. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I think communicating your needs is like the main, the main thing. If, if you, are holding all the plates, which is kind of what, if we ever have an argument, it is, I feel not helped because, and I hold all these plates. I help him pick out his outfit for everything he does. You know, like I'm always helping him. And so if I ask for help and it's not done or it's, or like he gets distracted or something, I, I lose my mind. I'm like, I do everything, <laughs> you know? And like, he is really sweet about it, but I, That's my, I have to, meanwhile, when I'm helping, I'm like, I did this and I'm keeping this list in my mind of everything I've done so that when his list doesn't compare, I get upset. Meanwhile, all of this is internal and it can't be like, you have to communicate. I need, this is what I need from you today. The best question to ask, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine. If you ask in your marriage, what can I do for you today? Mm. Everything will change. (laughs) Um, that, and at some point I had to say to him, I just need you to ask me what you can do for me because I will do it all. Yeah. I will, I will accomplish everything on my own, but I would like your help. Yeah. And I'm going to need you to ask me, what can I do for you? And it changed everything. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty easygoing. We're not the, we're not the dishwasher fighting. Mm-mm. I don't really care. You know, right. I think we, our priorities are really different. Yeah. But I'm like, the things that we fight about are like, not relatable to people. It's like we we live in a moving vehicle and we don't have alone time. And I feel like sometimes lost in the shuffle of the chaos of our life. Like that's, that's relatable, but yeah, I I just have to communicate with him because I have, I have five brothers. So I feel like I'm, I wasn't oblivious to how boys are. So, like when I started living with a boy, I was like, "This is easier than college." Like, I actually loved it. I was like, "This is way better than living with girls." I missed, <laughs> I, I'm like, I missed this. Like, I really enjoy it. And I, I'm aware of how much you have to spell things out. Like, you can't go in a store and be like, "Oh, I really like that necklace." Thinking he's keeping a mental list for his Christmas list. Tyler is. Tyler Seymour, my brother. Yeah. He does that. Not normal boys do that. They Mm -hmm. just don't. So I have to Mm -hmm. be like, Russell, for Christmas, I ordered this for myself on Amazon (laughs) and I would like you to wrap it for me. (laughs) Like that. At this point, I think I even wrap it myself. And I write it from Russell. Like you just let it go. Like who cares? And I'm like, I bought this from you for me. Yep. Thank you know, you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's what? What are you really communicating when you get mad about that? Like, what is? I always am searching. Like, what's wrong inside of me that is ma- making me so mad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it that he's making me feel lonely? Is it he's making me feel? And that's usually it. And then you're fighting about something that's totally unrelated, but it's really like I feel alone and I need you to come closer to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead, you're fighting, and it pushes. It, it makes it farther away. Yeah. I remember in our premarital, we were watching all these like sermons and. There was a pastor who said, you can either be one, O-N-E, or the one who won, W-O-N. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have a choice. Yeah. And we always, at the end of the day, are like, I'd rather be one than win. Why do yeah. I want to win against you? If, yeah. If you're winning, we <laughs> right. both, and someone's we're on losing, we're both losing. Yeah. No one's winning. So we're pretty intentional about fighting
0: healthily. I really like that about... I feel like you guys both said the same thing about just communicating what you need. Mm-hmm. I The thing about like expecting a guy to know what you need... Um, they're not, they're it's, It cannot people, read your mind. No one can read your mind. Yeah. And I, Carl laughs at me a lot because I, I don't know when I learned this, but I did learn this somewhere along the way that you have a choice. You either get the thing you want and you get to be close or you... I feel like you get to pick between them guessing what you want and usually not getting it or getting <laughs> then, what you want. And then you're mad. And then and you're annoyed. mad. Or yeah. you get it. You, you, know, you know, get not get me. So you, you get to say, you get to either like drop hints and hope he says, hey, on Thursday, let's go on a date to this restaurant, which people are not my readers. Or you get to say, hey, would you go on a date with me on Thursday and go to this restaurant? I'll, Carl laughs at me so much because I'll be like, I'll literally tell him like, I need attention. <laughs> Or yes. I would like you yes. to cuddle me now. Or will you ask me on a date on Thursday?
2: I cleared our schedule. We have a date on, on Sunday. I, I do that all the yes. time. Like, yes. Yeah. We have a date on Sunday, just so you know.
0: Yes. It's like <laughs> And then like, it's on him. I'm like, you pick a dinner. Cool. Yes. I cleared our schedule. I feel like just saying, I want you, like being clear with your expectations. It would mean so much to me if you would buy me jewelry. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Valentine's day is coming up. Here are three styles I like. And here's stores where you can get it. Or here's a, here's a budget or something like that. I think we just get to choose whether we want to be mysterious and hope they guess. And then we're mad or we can just clearly explain. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Please drove him to the jewelry store with me. I was like, our five years coming up, I would like a different band. (laughs) Like, you know, but it doesn't bother me. And I think to some people feeling known and seen and all of that is like, I want them, but I want them to know. And I just want them to, they should know me the best and they do know you the best, but they have their own thing going on too. Yeah. And you might have this special gift. Well, I have a friend, she, she knows it's my anniversary before I do. Like, it's like, she will send gifts. She's so thoughtful. It's her, it's her skill set. It yeah. is her, it is a gift of hers. And it's okay that it's not mine. Yeah. Like I'm buying gifts Like prime now, because I'm like, we have a birthday party in two hours, you know? And And I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. It's just not, but I am the friend that you call when like ish gets real and I will sit on the phone for three hours. Like that is what I do. Yeah.
0: And that is what she, it's okay. And husbands are the same way just because Carl, like Carl's an amazing gift giver, but, and we're going to talk about this, uh, I think next or soon. Um, (laughs) but we, most of our marriage have had no money to our name. Mm -hmm. And so Carl was like, you know, when we first got married, he would like, you know, pick me up little things and surprise me. But then we got really serious about our budget and there was not a line in our budget (laughs) for like random gifts. And so Carl's not the husband who goes and picks up all these like random gifts at random times anymore, but he is so good at other things. And so I think just like our skill set isn't necessarily like we struggle with service acts of service or we struggle with, you know, quality time or we struggle with giving gifts or something. They do too. And so they do know you so well. They just know you in like in their mm-hmm. particular way. One thing I was thinking about is um when Carl and I got married, I really felt all this pressure to like be the perfect wife, which is really a struggle because I can't cook. I mean, I (laughs) kind of can't at all. And I was the person who like the trash is overflowing and I totally didn't notice. Like that was me. I don't, I just feel like I wasn't like super well trained growing up. And so that was really frustrating for Carl. Like the division of the division of like, who does what was tricky. I'm laughing so hard because that's Tyler. Like And like, I think it's the man's like
1: cliche, but like, it's the man's job to take out the trash, percent. but that was so something in our, like, I have to be like, Hey babe, can you take out the trash? We have a a baby. So I'm like all the time, his diaper pail is sick. stanky. Can you please take out his diaper? He's like, oh, I was gonna do it tomorrow. Can you just please do it tonight? Like, but that is, he does not notice.
0: (laughs) But I think that we all, you know, there are things that we're like, that's the guy's job or that's the girl's job, whatever. There are a set number of jobs that have to be done by every family. And Carl, I think, felt frustrated with me because I, I really wasn't Carrying my weight in some of those specific like household kind of things. So we sat down at one point and we're like, okay, what's yours and what's mine? Who does what? We did that too. And Carl is, we call him the laundry fairy because I wake up in the morning and my laundry's done. Oh God, I I need a (laughs) laundry. I hate laundry. It's so good. But he gets some sort of like satisfaction of... It's just sort of the the monotony of it and getting things put away. I kind of like emptying the dishwasher. He does not oh, like doing that. And me. so like, <laughs> I feel like we, you know, we each kind of took our things that we're better at. And then there were some things left that neither of us wanted to do. And we each picked some of them. And yeah. so my things, even though I was not gifted in these areas at all, was keeping track of our budget. I just am more like task oriented every day like that. So I keep track of our budget. Carl does all big money stuff. I make sure we have groceries in the house somewhere or decide (laughs) tonight we're going to Chipotle. So like I sort of cook for us. I put that in (laughs) quotes. Like I make sure we're fed and it's not, it's, it's not my gift, but I know that Carl does so many other things that that's one of the things that was left on the table. And that's one of the things I took. So I think like figuring out what is your thing, what do you care most about, or like you know, you're each gonna have to take things that are not your favorite thing, like health insurance, and just deciding like who who's in charge of that. Yeah, and communicating all the yes. while.
1: Yep,
2: Amen. we did. Yeah, we definitely did that. And I I think I underestimated the amount of work the outdoors is.
1: Oh my god. Yes,
2: I don't do any of that stuff. I don't even. And do I didn't it. even give him credit no. for it like he's out there trimming hedges, cutting the grass, doing like having a whole day of stuff and I'm inside vacuuming I'm like you've never cleaned our toilet. Like yeah, literally yesterday I'm cleaning behind the sink in our guest bath and something spilled back there and so he starts cleaning it and he's like I don't think this has ever been cleaned. I was like, (laughs) no sweetheart, it has been cleaned a lot. It's never been cleaned by you. Never, not one time. Like, I don't think he's ever scrubbed our toilets. Like just never. And, and so I'm sitting like, he's never done this. And I'm totally neglecting to acknowledge everything that's outside that he does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, my bad. Sorry.
0: But yeah, you do a list and compare. Yep. Yep. And, and each, you each have to take things. Some of like, some of the things you have more of a skill for, some of the things you don't, and you just figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, I've got a couple messages from women actually who said, We fought on our honeymoon. Is that a bad sign? (laughs) (laughs) Is that a bad sign?
2: (laughs) I'm trying to think if we did. I remember we watched Along Came Polly, which was a bad decision. It's literally like that movie, the girl leaves her husband on On their honeymoon. honeymoon. Yeah. And I like I was like all of these fears start like coming up in me and I was like start cry I just remember crying being like this isn't gonna happen right like I'm just highly <laughs> emotional like coming down from like a crash of planning a wedding in three months and I'm losing my mind. But I don't I don't know if we actually fought.
1: It's not a bad sign though. Number no. one, no. if you've never traveled with your now spouse, like traveling and vacationing yeah. is a sure way to start getting into some fights. Also, people vacation differently. Yeah, and so, yeah. like, some people are adventurers and explorers, and they go a 100 miles an hour for, quote, vacation. I am the opposite of that. I'm like, vacation means I have a drink in my hand by 9 a.m. Yes. I am it's laying in the sun. It's a smoothie. Yeah, like, <laughs> I am, like, I want you to do nothing. We can go on a trip and go to Europe. Like, yes, yeah. But anyway, so... You know, and I think like you have all sorts of expectations about what marriage is. You're going to wake up the next morning and you're married and like really nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Like besides the fact that you're waking up next to this person, assuming that you weren't living together before and then really nothing's changed. (laughs) I mean, it's a legal document. And so, you know, I think a lot of it is just unrealized, uncommunicated expectations, Reality hits Mm -hmm. and, and you're, and you're shuffling it out. And the fact that you're fighting, I mean, part of me is like, good for you. At least you're communicating versus like, I mean, I have friends who've had horrible honeymoons and they didn't fight at all. It was like the opposite of like trying not to, you know, trying, both are trying to keep the peace. So they're not communicating anything. And I feel like,
0: Honeymoons are kind of like New Year's, but way worse. Than, you know, <laughs> like you have these expectations of like, you're gonna be wearing a sparkly dress and you're gonna to be toasting with champagne at midnight and you're going to be kissed at midnight by this guy that you really like or your husband or whoever. It's, I mean, when we have huge expectations for any sort of anything, I think that it it squashes it in some ways, or it changes it, or it, it we're putting so much pressure on it that we can't really enjoy it. And I think our honeymoons are this thing that we think about forever. And we're looking forward to so much. We've just finished something, our weddings, which we've thought about our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much pressure on mm-hmm. it. And so I feel like, of course, you're going to I don't know. It's, it's going to be, you're going to be wrestling with a lot when you're there. I remember waking up one morning
2: and being like, I'm really glad I never expected this to make me happy Mm. Mm. because you really don't feel different. And you don't like, if you imagine marriage is going to solve your problems, it's not, it's going to put a magnifying glass on them. And I remember thinking, thank God I didn't just rush to get married, to get married, or thank God I married who I wanted to marry, like who I held out for who I wanted to marry. But None of this makes me happier. Yeah, I remember specifically being like, "Thank yeah. God, I didn't expect this to make me happy." Yeah,
0: yeah. if you expect to get on your honeymoon, it is no different. All yeah, and have all of your insecurities washed away, all of your broken pieces healed. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't do that. It's a it's a vacation. It's like put them in a two piece and parade them. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. it's a vacation with your brand new husband who you maybe have never lived with before. Yeah. you guys are maybe having sex for the first time, which is a whole other That's thing, which whole, we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you,
1: if the two of you have not had sex together, for sure, there's going to be issues yeah. on your honeymoon. You're like, figuring out a
0: whole new thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's all this pressure about how you expect to feel. I feel like when we go on, especially a trip like that, especially, you know, something we've looked forward to for so long, we expect to feel a certain way. And yeah, when you show up and you don't feel like you're on this constant cloud nine for an entire week in Mexico or whatever, wherever you went, you wonder if you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever you feel on your honeymoon, it is, you have just gone through so many things in the last days, The weeks. wedding weekend? Yes, oh the whole thing. Um, okay, so this is a really good question that we have here. So this, this woman said, our money is all in one account now. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, and we've been arguing about how to spend it. We have some debt and I think we should pay it off as, quick as, as quickly as possible, but he wants to put more of our money in different places. How did you guys handle combining your finances? And this is such a good question. Isn't finances are like one of the main things that couples fight about, right?
1: Yeah. You've got to sit down and create a budget. Like the budget helps give you... I mean, yeah, you might argue about what things should go where and how... But like you have to sit down and agree upon a framework. And there are a thousand tools to help you do that. I am a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I know Steph has had Rachel Cruz, who's Dave's daughter, on the show. And I'm sure she talks through how to even do that. But like... I mean, that's my number one piece of advice. Like, get a budget.
2: Yeah. yeah. We, finances, we, first of all, didn't even do a budget because we literally had that little money. Which, <laughs> Like, we first got married. It's on our tax returns, like $12,000 joint income for the year. <laughs> I don't know that's how, amazing. I honestly don't know how we survived. We prayed fishes and loaves over our money and it hap- literally happened. Like, I don't know how we survived. Yeah, we, combining was like, I was honestly the breadwinner at first because he was between publishing deals and didn't have anything. And I was surviving on babysitting and photo shoots. And it somehow, we laugh about it now, it never occurred to us. Like Uber was a thing. He could have gotten a job. Mm -hmm. Like it just never occurred to us because we both knew what he was supposed to do. And so he was writing songs and I never, it never occurred to me to be like, get a job. (laughs) Go get a part-time job. Go get a part And he, yeah. and same with him. And we just lived on nothing because we were supposed to, I guess. I don't know. He probably could have got a job. It'd be nicer. But we didn't really fight about it because we didn't have anything to fight over. Yeah. Like there, there was nothing. We didn't do anything with our money. We shopped at Aldi and never ate out. We couldn't afford it. It, it was just, we were scrappy. And it, it, we were newlyweds and I thought it was kind of precious. Like I almost had this nostalgia in the midst of it being like, someday we're going to tell this story. And it is, I mean it is perfect. And I, I found a way of to be grateful for it, I guess. But yeah. yeah, it was stressful, it was terrifying. But I was like, you know what? God's gonna take care of it. Meanwhile, he's just like a giver. We're in church and he's like, we have like a hundred dollars left in our account. He's like, I think we should give it. <laughs> I'm like, All right. Are we gonna eat this week? I don't know. And we always did. And it was always <laughs> fine. And he, he taught me just faith, honestly, in finances. Cause mm-hmm. he taught me how to give and not be afraid and how to trust on nothing. Yeah, he's he was always good about that.
1: That also shows your like ability. Like a lot of women would be like losing their minds over that, <laughs> and like just financially stressed. Like how are we going to eat? How like yeah. it shows your ability. I guess what you're saying, like just to have faith and trust. And but I mean, and y'all were young. Like yeah, I was 24. He you was know, 26. it's not like you were like Tyler and I combined our finances at 30. Tyler, I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but like, came in, he still had college debts. Like that was a big thing Mm -hmm. for me. Like, I'm like, well, this kind of sucks. Like (laughs) I'm debt free. I don't have any debt in my name. And all of a sudden, like now my paycheck has to pay off your college, (laughs) like boo. But it just is what it is. And I mean, again, for us sitting down and creating that budget and knowing like, okay, we are going to crush this debt as fast as possible now that we have dual income. And I mean, two people both working with no kids, like it kind of feels like you have a lot of money at the time. Yeah. So anyway, I just think,
0: yeah, comu- it's communicating and agreeing
1: sure. on a budget. And-, yeah.
0: and you can even do, you know, we, Kaylee, we we're super similar to you guys. I mean, we had no money when we got married because we, we, when we got engaged, we both had full-time jobs. 3 months after we got engaged neither of us had a job so we i mean we went through so many transitions and i really i do not know how we survived financially and i think because our our money situation was so fluid and so unpredictable i thought we couldn't have a budget because how are you supposed to budget and us steady income you don't have. Mm-hmm. But we used, um, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey and there are so many programs like financial peace university, our church is about to go through it. Yeah. Like go, th- I've, I've had so many friends go through it together as a couple and it helps them get on the same page in such a beautiful way. Carl and I had a lot of friends who use the budgeting software called YNAB. It's you need oh. a budget and we still use it. And the way that they work is they, they heavy budget the money when it comes in. So you don't have to say every month we get this. It's like, Like, okay, we just got a check for $500. All right, put it in buckets and figure out like where it needs to go. And when we finally got that down, I mean, it took us a while to, there were definitely months where we were like, we had a budget, but we're totally like doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. But we're blowing the budget in different ways. But having that like baseline of this is what we're shooting for. I mean, it helped us. I I brought school debt into our marriage. And so we were able to pay that off. We were able, I mean, it has brought us so much peace. Just finally like getting on the same page putting our money like where it needs to go, paying off our debt. And so yeah, I think budgeting and everything that Dave Ramsey talks about will help a lot. And doing it together. Like watch the trainings together. Go to the class together. Hundred percent. Because then you have a common, like common language to to talk about it. Yeah. I love that. So I feel like we can all relate to this in different ways. This girl says, you know, sometimes I just don't really want to be around him. (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know to expect that. She said, it's not him. It's just the fact that I really like my alone time and I like it more than I ever realized. But I don't want to offend him by telling him I need more space. Can you guys relate? How do you handle this? This is a Hannah question. (laughs) He's like, I, I
2: never need space. For I have, my yeah, I have no personal. I'm like, everyone come over. I'm like, I don't need a long time. But Hannah, I definitely do. And Tyler
1: knew that going into our marriage, and we talked that was one of the things we talked about in premarital, like it will be interesting how this unfolds. Like we didn't live together before we were married, like, I naturally got alone time just because we were two Mm -hmm. single people living independent lives, you know, whatever. Here's what I'll say to the space. I don't believe that you get space in marriage. I don't think, I think it's the wrong verbiage. The idea I'm down with verbiage. Like if you are into the Bible, which I am, the Bible says that you become one flesh. You don't get, you don't get space from your flesh. So, it's not, I need space from you. It's just, I need some time alone. Like you may say, Hannah, that's like the exact same thing, but I I think it's saying it differently. It's reframing it because it's not about him. You just said that it's about you just needing time and alone time. And that's how you recharge. And so it's not, yeah, you don't need space from your husband. You just need some alone time and girl get your alone time. Like, and again, I just think it's communicating expectations and Your husband will be fine. I think one of my (laughs) things was I was, like, expecting Tyler to want guys night and, like, hang with his bros so that I could get girl time. And my husband has no need or desire for that. Like, he, he would be so happy to just be with me seven nights a week for the rest of his life, like... He just doesn't need or care to have that bro time where I, A, want girl time and I, B, want alone time. And so, but he's fine with it. And when I do a girls night or alone time, like he will check in with his guy friends.
2: Yeah, that's, that's definitely how we were raised being six kids. We had no alone time. (laughs) Right, right. There was no, and none of us would go to our room to like be alone. We all were common area. Always, which thank God because I don't have any space on a bus. Now, yeah, now you live yeah, I live so. in like two hundred square feet with eight people. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Thank God I don't need it because we don't have any. So, right. but I do like when I come off the road, I'll sit and I'll, I'll like watch Gilmore Girls or like sit. Down. I'm like I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not solving anyone's problems. Yeah. I do it innately, and mm-hmm. he does too. Like he'll sit by the fire outside. I think it's healthy to have. Autonomy and be your own person, but how you communicate it is what she like. Hundred percent. Like if I'm like going to have a take a bath, yes. Sometimes he's like, I'm coming. (laughs) Sometimes he's like, Do you want to just? I'm like, I just I'm gonna have to take a bath. Yeah. You know, do do something that you need, and they should be able to understand that.
1: Yeah. And Tyler gets that. Like, if I don't get alone time, I become less and less of the person that like he is in love with. (laughs) And so like that, he knows, like he trusts Hannah needs to refuel and that makes her a better partner about, you know, so I think if you communicate it in the right way to your spouse, they're going to get it.
0: Carl is really like you, Hannah, which we've already (laughs) established. And Kaylee, I'm like you, where I, I think I'm more of an extrovert. Although, like, the older I get, the more I feel, like, sort of in the middle. Carl's definitely an introvert. And I think that we, the mistake we make is we think extroverts like people, introverts don't. That's not the case. It's where do you recharge? Yeah. And so when when you think about it that way, you're, yeah, you're not saying I don't want to be around you. It's saying, I want to be just around me. Like I want to, I want to recharge. That's how I rest. I think that that totally reframes it. Carl and I have a really like kind of interesting way of doing this. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show before, but Carl is a total night owl and he has been his entire life. Um, So he's really like, it's a bit of a struggle for him to get up in the morning, but he stays up super late. And that's the time when he gets to be by himself, when he gets to work on things without people, you know, emailing him or distracting him. Um, He just gets to kind of recharge that way. And I actually really like recharging in the morning or during the day, because I get to work in my own space, and that's just been a like everyone has a different rhythm and everyone has a different way of getting that time. But I think that communicating, hey, like I love you and I want to be close to you, but I'm yeah, I'm a better me when I have a minute by myself. Why by that's staying up a little bit later than your person or waking up a little bit earlier than them or you know asking for saying I'm gonna take a night to just be by myself. That I think makes us better and makes our marriages better mm-hmm. too. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick pause from my conversation with Hannah and Kaylee to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for today's episode is Simple Contacts, a company that I ran across recently and immediately just loved. Now listen, you guys, if you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you are going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process simple. And everyone said amen, right? I'm always looking for ways to make life just a little bit simpler. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes. A real doctor will review it and they'll renew your prescription. You can save time, save money, and save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, all you have to do is upload a photo of it or your doctor's info, and you can order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They really do all of the hard work for you. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with an annual appointment, which can be up to $200 without insurance. They have some of the best prices on Contacts and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. Isn't that awesome? I just love getting to give you all discounts. To get $20 off your first order of contacts, go to simplecontacts.com girlsnight20, or enter the promo code girlsnight20 at checkout. Really quick, I do wanna mention that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need to get those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and to reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get twenty dollars off your first order by going to simplecontacts.com/girlsnight20 or by entering Girls Night Twenty at checkout. A big thank you to Simple Contacts for sponsoring our Girls Night. We love having you. And now let's get back to my conversation with Hannah and Kaylee. This question is really good. This girl says, sometimes I worry that we are not Christian enough. We are a Christian couple, but I look at other Christian couples and worry that we're not doing what they're doing, that we're not doing it right. Are we reading the Bible together enough? Are we supposed to be reading the Bible together? Are we praying together enough? What is this supposed to look like? Well, as
2: someone who's been to church, I can count on one hand in the last year. (laughs) I can take this one. You're definitely not Christian enough. I'm definitely not a Christian. I think that is not true. Yeah, no, I know it's it's a horrible thing. I grew up in church. She, I'm a pastor's sister. Russell's a pastor's son. Hannah's a pastor's daughter. We get the Lots of church up in here. We get it in the expectation, and you need to do this. And you need, I honestly, this is actually a really good uh, question because just the other day, I feel like God revealed to me, and even when I was on this podcast last time. I talked about not going to church a lot and not having quiet time. I was like, stop with your checklist. Just Mm -hmm. stop. It doesn't matter. And stop also comparing yourself. But we, I had this whole year, this last year, and I felt like God, it was like two days ago, he revealed to me, he goes, I had, we had this year together to show you, you cannot earn my favor Mm. or my love or my goodness, because I truly had the least quiet time, prayed the least, went to church the least because life was just insane. And I've never seen God's favor like I did last year.
0: Hmm.
2: Like, and now I have this sweet desire for it because I want to, Mm -hmm. I want it. Like I'm craving it in a way I didn't last year. And I, it's almost like he hardened my heart a little bit, truly like looking back because I, I didn't have the desire. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I was so exhausted. And to me, reading the Bible was like still helping someone else. Like mm-hmm. when I would read, I'd find a verse and be like, well, I think of this person. It was just more helping someone else. And I was so done helping everyone else. And he just showed me like, this is about you and me, you know, in such a sweet way. It was not like, you need to do this and do that. And then I will show up and then I will bless your finances. And then I will do this. No, like just stop with your checklist. Mm-hmm. Stop. And maybe even find like a week where you do none of those things and just spend time, like just go for a walk i be mm-hmm. like, what do you want to tell me? You know, just like change the the structure of your religion. Like it's, we make it so Western. So like, let's put it in a spreadsheet. Let's <laughs> go to this time. The, the worship needs to be this long to the minute. Like Jesus was Eastern. Like we think like Buddhists and like it's so free flowing. He was that part of the world. Mm-hmm. It was relational. It was free. It was however, like. You relate to Jesus. If you're a communicator, if your love language is quality time, if it's do that with Jesus, Hmm. if it's words of AF, read the Bible, you know, like obviously always read the Bible, but do whatever you communicate love and receive love and do that with God. Yeah. Not what everyone else tells you to do with God.
1: Yeah. I like that. I think— one of the misnomers when you get married is like your spiritual lives combine. And I know I just said like 10 minutes ago that you're one flesh (laughs) and you don't get space from your flesh, but I also feel really strongly that your relationship with the Lord and your spiritual journey is yours. And like you, you run after Christ. You like, Mm -hmm. you do the things that are going to connect you to the Lord's presence and grow you. And you do that. And like, you hope and pray that your husband also does that. And you're doing it side by side, but your your relationship with Jesus is completely independent from your husband's relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, I mean, the praying together every night or like going through Bible studies together or like like whatever, all of those are good and fine, but I don't think those are like components that have to happen for you to have, you know, if we're talking about like, I want to have a Christ-centered marriage, well, my advice to you is, like, then, like, you be Christ-centered and, like, pray for your husband. But, like, mm. he doesn't—I'm just treading on the nice here—but, like, he doesn't lead you <laughs> in your spiritual journey. He yeah. encourages you. And, like, yes, I I really am, like, full-blown, pretty Bible-beater, conservative. Like, I believe that God created the husband to, like, to be the head of the house and to be the leader. But, like, he's still—like, you are still an individual in Christ alone. And so I don't think that he leads you in your spiritual journey. I think he encourages, I think he can be the leader, quote unquote, in like making decisions for your family together, like you mm-hmm. voicing your opinion. And I can't tell you how many times Tyler and I make decisions together. And like he, I, like he know Tyler knows that he gets to be the leader of our family, but like he gets to be the leader because I choose to let him lead and he'll ask, what do you think we should do? And I would tell him, (laughs) Same, but so, so all that to say, like, just not feeling Christian enough. I I think just take the, like Kaylee said, stop comparing, like, don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about, don't just don't worry about it. Period. Like, like you pursue Jesus. You have the spiritual journey that you want to have. Pray that your husband gets there too. And I do think a good like check-in question from time to time is like talking to your spouse, like, you know, if we were going to rate our like spiritual unity, like where, like, where do you feel we are? And it, is it fine for you? Like, or do you wish we were connecting more? There have been seasons where Tyler and I have like woken up and prayed every morning together at 6am. Those were our sweet times in our marriage, but like, I cannot sustain that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's like, there's seasons where we're really connected spiritually and there are seasons when like, I know he's doing his thing and I'm doing mine. And he may occasionally ask like, so what is God teaching you lately? Like, it's okay that we're not talking about that every day. I I, I just think there's so much more grace. Mm. And I think the church has put a lot of like ridiculous or false expectations on what a quote Christ-centered marriage should look like. Yeah, You be Christ-centered.
2: Yeah, that's so good.
0: I always have said like, you know, we, what is a Christ-centered marriage? And we all are wondering that, but it's, it's two people who love Jesus that are like holding hands. Like that's, that's it. It's it's yeah. as simple as that. And um, Hannah, I remember it was in it was I can't remember which episode, but it was one of the times that you've been on the show. We were talking <laughs> about how um, like the difference between how I study scripture, how I relate to God mm. versus Carl. And Carl is such a learner and a I mean, he he doesn't read the Bible as often as I do because when he does, he goes deep and he's there forever and he wants to know the context and he's looking up a million things and he's reading commentaries and that is never me. I'm way more feely about it and my, yeah, my, my relationship with God is much more emotional and it's just funny because if I were to study the Bible the way that Carl does, I would be bored out of my mind. <laughs> and if he were to do things my way, I mean, he just wouldn't connect with God that way. It's uh-huh. Kaylee. I love how you said like, what are your love languages? Do that with God. We are so different and so. We We relate to God so differently, and we get to do that next to each other and share those things with each other, but we don't have to do them together. We don't have to do them at the same time or in the same way um, to be falling, to have a a Christ-centered marriage. So kind of along similar lines, this girl says, my husband and I have been fighting a lot since we got married. It's bringing out versions of both of us that I never thought we would be. It's really pretty ugly. We've tried talking about it. We've tried different things to work through it. We cannot seem to get on the same page. Do you have any advice? therapy. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs)
2: say. It's not a bad thing. It's Mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. And they help and equip you with tools to fight nice. Mm -hmm. First of all, always fight nice. Do not speak to them like they are less than do not speak to them how you wouldn't speak to a friend. Why, why is that a thing? Why do people argue and why are they meaner to their spouse than they are to friends? Mm -hmm. No, fight nice, but go to therapy. Like, everyone does premarital. And if you haven't, you should, why doesn't premarital not come with postmarital? Yeah. Because you're like butterflies, rainbows, picking out bridesmaids, dresses and the flowers and like, yes, our marriage is going to be great. Let's do counseling, counseling. And then you get married and the real stuff begins. And all of a sudden you're not in counseling. Yeah. Who, who thought of this? Like who <laughs> thought this was a great idea? There should be postmarital that comes in the premarital package yeah. and be like maybe six months, a year, just check in and be like, how are you guys? What are you fighting about? Yes. How can I help? Yes.
0: Sometimes we just need someone to say, this is what I'm hearing from you. This is what they're saying. Right. This is what I'm hearing from you. This is what they're saying. Like just someone else who's A mediator. not. mediator. Yes. Totally. Yes. I love that.
1: Another, I, I 100% therapy. Yes. Go. <laughs> if that is like too scary right now, or you've got a husband that's like, hell no, I'm not going to therapy. Sometimes you can't afford it. There is a book called Created for Connection. There's another book called Hold Me Tight. They're basically the same. Created for Connection was Hold Me Tight written specifically for Christians. So you can kind of decide which book you would prefer. Immensely helpful. And if y'all just read a chapter and talk through the questions, it would be better if you did that in counseling or like even with some other married couples that are in a similar season of life to like all kind of help Tyler and I went through that book with some mentors, with some other folks, other like young married couples and it like revolutionized the marriages in that group. But talking about becoming like the ugliest version of yourself, that book really helps you dig into like, why like where do I go and what happens? And you learn like, Oh, when you do X, I do. Why? Like you and your spouse have a dance and you dance the exact same way every time. And it might change. Like he might do this and that makes you do the tango. And then you do that. And suddenly your salsa, like, (laughs) like it ebbs and flows, but like, because of how you grew up, your parents, your siblings, whatever, like you have a way that is pre-wired. Your brain always does the same patterns. And this book helps you figure out what you do figure out why you do it and then try to stop the pattern because you can. So the connect or uh, creative for connection or hold me tight and counseling, counseling,
2: counseling. Yes. And, uh, another book wreck that I always give newly married people is his needs, her needs. Oh yeah. So good. And it, it, they never even actually break this down in there, but stereotypically needs one through 10 in order. However many there are, his will be one through 10 and yours will be 10 down to one very intentionally so that you have a, a well-rounded relationship. Yeah. Like if you both, if what was important to you and him, you would just do that. And your relationship would never go to this greater emotional depth that it's supposed to, or it wouldn't be as hot and heavy as it should be. You know, it's balanced, but a lot of people feel misunderstood because they don't have the same needs, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of by design, I believe Mm -hmm. so that your relationship is well-rounded and you have to focus on, supplying their needs and they will focus on supplying yours hopefully if you married a decent person and that always always shifts the perspective from like this is important to me why isn't it important to you it's not going to be important to them that's my stomach growling by the way if it's picked up by the mic (laughs) (laughs) didn't eat breakfast this morning yet just wired on coffee um but yeah it's by design you're not going to need the same things yeah that's because you're a well-rounded relationship.
0: And you're learning how to serve each other. And part right. of serving, it's not serving if it's like, I want this too. It's like getting yourself or getting him a Christmas gift that you really want to. That's like not really that good of a gift. A gift is something you sacrifice for and, and that that they really are going to love. And you're paying enough attention to like give them something that you wouldn't ordinarily think of. Um, I love that. I was going to say counseling too. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about this question and then um, we're going to do one more and then we're done and i mean we could go on forever but so this girl said people always say to keep dating after you're married but it's really hard we don't have much money and we have even less time and at the end of the day we just come home and pass out i worry that our relationship is going to suffer because lack of romance any ideas for how to keep the romance alive even when you don't have a lot of time or money (laughs) i feel like we have so many ideas for this because none of us have a lot of time and none of us had no one had any money either kaylee i feel like i want you to start on this
2: Honestly, first of all, stop with the girl porn, uh, which I consider like romance novels, romance books, every like this unreal expectation that you're putting on him to be this crazy romantic, sweep you off your feet. Where's my prince? Like, let it go. Just let it go and find what is romantic to you. Ask them like, what's romantic to you? Like, to me, it's going for a walk. I love going on walks. And then Also, I I feel like guys communicate best shoulder to shoulder. Mm. So when I was like dating or whatever, I would always, we'd always drive because he'll, he would communicate and open up and talk in a way. Girls are face to face. They're like, let's sit down. Let's have coffee. I want to look at your face. I want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like boys are like, so today this like kind of bothered me, you know, like they'll open up in shoulder to shoulder. So I love going for walks because then he's dreaming. He's like going all these places. And to me, it's romantic. Like I can be simple. It doesn't have to be flowers every day, but if you need flowers every day, tell them that, but that, that the <laughs> <laughs> but that costs money. Yeah. It's, it's just whatever you think, like have a brainstorm, like what is something we can do that will be romantic to me and you mm-hmm. and do it. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. You can try to remember we went rollerblading like when we first got married, cause we had not, we did have time. So we had no money, but we did have time on our hands. Mm-hmm. So we just spend time together, but that's I'm um, quality time. So that's what I needed. So it's important to know what you need, what is romantic to you, because some grand gesture of like rose petals on the bed, that doesn't do it for me. Like I, (laughs) I don't care. Like, (laughs) but to some people that might be so romantic and candles lit and it means the world that they like spent that time. Mm -hmm. So communicate. It always comes back to communication, guys. Yeah. yeah, It really does.
1: huge proponent of scheduling it. Like if you can have a weekly date night, great. If it's a weekly like afternoon or morning or a lunch, I mean, I grew up watching my parents, like they had weekly date nights for years, but then at some point, like it switched to a lunch. My dad cleared the schedule on his work calendar that, you know, they were raising four kids, whatever, like Mm-hmm. it was like Wednesdays or Fridays. I don't know. And they always had lunch together. And if he had time, like they might go to home Depot afterwards and like <laughs> walk around yeah. and dream up their next, like they did a lot of like house renovations and projects when I was growing up. What shocked me was newlywed. I don't even know how it came up, but my mom asked like, well, are you guys, do you guys have a weekly date night? And I was like, well, no, I kind of thought that was something that you just scheduled once you had kids. Like <laughs> that makes sense to me. Like your lives are busier. You need to get away from your children, whatever. And and she was like, no, Hannah, I I think you need to start it now. It, a, makes it a pattern. B, it is so easy to come home from work, like so exhausted and just like eat a meal and like watch Netflix and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, we have literally had date night on Thursday nights for five years and it's looked different, right? Like when I've, I've been pregnant um, twice, I get really sick during my first trimester so like, we didn't go eat out, <laughs> you know, when we, when I, I couldn't stand the smells of restaurant. So we were doing more creative things, like, you know, just activities like Kaylee's talking about, or some of it's like walking around TJ Maxx and like shopping, you know, or just like, enjoy- but like just setting aside that time, we're going to be together. I think the other thing, Steph, I think you and I had this conversation pretty early on, like realizing that, okay. So when I dated Tyler, Tyler is a romantic um, and when I dated him, he was like off the charts, romantic, planning things, little surprises, whatever. A few years into our marriage, it kind of like slowly just changed. And I kind of realized one day I woke up and I was just kind of disappointed. Like he hadn't planned, even though we had Thursday it set aside in the calendar, like I was always the one making the plans. I was all like, and I had to A, realize that he was in a place of stress at work that like he did not have the margin or ability to be. Like he still served and cared for me in so many ways, but like, that was one thing that fell off for him because he was tired and he was struggling in life. And for me to realize that's okay. And I can pick up the slack. Like I'm like, I'm a girl. I can do this. Like I'm allowed to plan a date. Like I can surprise him. And I love Kaylee's question, like asking what's romantic to you it's okay for you as a female to like, I think a lot of times we are more of the relationship cultivator. We are more romantic. We are. And I mean, I say that I am not more romantic than my husband, but in five years I have had more energy and ability to like sit down and plan a date than he has. So that's okay. I have also had friends that do like the ABC thing where, and they alternate. So if you have a weekly date night, you start at A and start working through the alphabet, and you do something that starts with that letter. And so, like, I don't can't think of something for A right now, but like B is like, okay, let's go bowling. And then next week it's Tyler's turn, in C, so we're gonna take a cooking class or Chinese D food. Chinese. Yeah, I mean, and, and like My A was archery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First thing you invited a lot of apples. So apple, apple picking. Apple, apple picking. picking. Yeah,
1: but like it forces you to be creative, and again the, the alternating, and I like that too. And maybe Tyler and I will you know, start doing that soon. Like, okay, it's your week to plan date night and next week's my week, and It doesn't have to all fall on him. I think that's a lot.
2: And a free, very fun thing to do is open houses. Ooh, we did that a lot. We would just go and look at a house we couldn't afford because it was fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, but then also I think a really important thing to relationships is dreaming together. Yes. that cultivates that. So you're like someday in our house, I want to do this. And I don't want to do that. And I love Mm -hmm. this. And you're communicating your hopes, your dreams. And it's
0: so fun. I think like, you know, I had to decide, Carl and I had to really talk about what, what counted as quality, like what we really needed. And Mm -hmm. for me, like, you know, we would a kind of an argument we got in, you know, enough times that we finally figured out kind of the solution for it was, um, that we would spend time together with other people. And then I would say, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any quality time. And he would go, Story we literally just, lives. I totally, we just spent a week together and I'm like, doesn't count. And we had to figure out that like, for me, quality time meant alone time. And it meant you know, phones away, things like that. And so our date night, you know, because we've had zero money for the first forever of our marriage, like we still to this day go on dates to Chick fil A all the time. <laughs> yes. And we, and then we go wander around Target. And that's what we do for our date nights. Seriously, so often because we're walking around, we're dreaming, we're talking, because it's not a whole lot of pressure. It's not like a fancy restaurant. Our Sort of our expectations are pretty low and which makes it more fun and makes it more free. And we, sort of the, the hallmark of our dates are that our phones are away and then Carl always opens my door. So it's like, if we go to Starbucks on a Saturday morning or something and he, he comes around and gets my door, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a date. And it's, <laughs> and it's the same thing that <laughs> we so were gonna sorry. do either way, but it's like, okay, no, this is the sign. It's a date. And it just means like our phones are away. We're just paying attention to each other. We're not mm-hmm. talking about like fresh, we're not talking about like bills or taxes or whatever the annoying thing is. We're just enjoying each other's company. But really for us, a lot of times, I think we re- actually ran into a girls night listener. Last time we did it, we were at <laughs> Chick-fil-A and we ran into someone who <laughs> listens to the show, which just so fun. But like, seriously, we're sitting at Chick-fil-A in scrubby pants or like scrubby outfits or whatever, and then wandering around target. And it's your a date can be anything. Yeah. You just have to figure out what like what the important thing is to you, whether it's like a walk or whether it's a good conversation or whether it's doing something together, but it can cost anything and it can happen in any amount of time. You guys go for walks like around the
2: tour bus, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We walk parking lots. Like it doesn't have to be a pretty picturesque, but for us, we had to do that because same if there's a million people around, it doesn't feel like I see him. So yes, I'm on tour with him. Yes, we're together. 99.8% of our lives, but if it's not alone, I don't feel like it's quality time. Yep. And he, he could, we could be with a million people all the time and he's fine and he feels connected, but I didn't. Cause I couldn't talk about the real things or like what I was thinking or yeah, there's so many things I hold so close that I only share with him that like I wasn't able to do. And I'm a pretty open book with a lot of people, but I just needed that from him. And so yeah. we'll, we'll get a coffee and we're not ever alone on the bus, even in our little room in the back there was a vent and the boys, the band boys sleep in bunks four feet from us. So like there was never a conversation we could have that maybe someone could hear. And so we, we just had to, we had to get off the bus. And so we turned into this thing and it, we used to, when we were broken home and, we would do that in the mornings. We would go for a walk or go to Radnor. It's like how we decompress. Yeah. Radnor is a hiking place here. Sorry. I'm just assuming you know, and you're sitting here with us and you've been to Radnor on your desk. But yeah, it, it, it's how we decompress. And I enjoy it too. I'm I am kind of more shoulder to shoulder than face to face. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And we had to articulate what we needed.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So our last question, I'm really excited about this because I know that you guys have great thoughts on this. So... And this, there were so many questions about this topic in different ways, but um, this is the one I saw a lot. So she said, I feel like we don't have sex as much as I thought we <laughs> would or should, and it leaves me feeling like maybe we're doing this wrong, also sometimes unwanted and lonely. Sex is a really complicated thing in marriage for a million different reasons and in a million different ways what insight do you guys have for her?
1: So number one, the first podcast I did with Steph was all about sex. So if you want to hear me talk about sex for like an hour, just (laughs) go to that link. So many times I would be like, and this is what my sister-in-law told me about that. And this is what my sister-in-law told me about that. (laughs) So the good news is that sister-in-law is sitting right next to me. And so I'm just basically going to let her answer and maybe I'll chime in.
2: (laughs) I... Love talking about sex. Um, I think it's so important. I think it is a pillar in marriage. I think it's it's just so important. So I have so many thoughts. I need to figure out which direction I'm going to go. But uh, not having sex as much as you should. Also, comparing yourself. Stop. Sit down. Communicate. What is your expectation? What is my expectation? Do you feel loved with this? Is this enough? Do you need more? Do you need less? Do you... Have a conversation about it. First of all, why don't people talk about sex? I'm like, it's so important. Mm -hmm. For me, which also don't compare yourself, when we were engaged, I really felt like I should aim to try and have sex with my husband every day. That paralyzes some women when they find that out. They're like, I'm not doing that. That's not enough. And that's okay. That's your marriage. That's That's your thing. But I'm not a checklist type. So if we're exhausted and we don't, we don't. But I needed... To, in my mind, have the expectation because I'm less likely to communicate what's wrong. I will stuff things and I will stuff things and I'll stuff things. And so God knows me best. And it wasn't until later that I realized that this is why this is important to us is if I know we're having sex later, I need to communicate. Hmm. And it forces me to be like, okay, I'm upset about this or I feel disconnected and I feel like I haven't seen you and I feel... It makes me communicate. It's really hard to be physically intimate when you're not like emotionally. Right. And so it was like accountability for me. And the more you have sex, the more you crave sex. It's just natural. So I was just reading this book and she gave a challenge. She was like, have a a sex month that you try and have sex every day. Just like do a challenge, do a week and see how your relationship changes because Mm -hmm. I promise you it will be better than you can imagine. And it makes, everyone's like, how do you, how is he so like thoughtful or so romantic? And they become romantic when they've been having sex. So if you're waiting for him to bring home flowers and like do all these things so that you like want to have sex, stop it. Just <laughs> just have sex and see how he changes. And he will become more sentimental. He will become more tender. It's like everything you want. And you also should want sex. Like the stigma that it's for the guy, like, I'm doing this for him because it's what he needs. No, honey, you need it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you do, you need it. Even if you don't know you need it, you need it. And I think it is so important. It's yeah. It's like working out. It's like quiet time. It's like so many things that are really good for you. You don't always want to do them, but after you do, you're always glad you did Yeah. always. You work out. You're like, I do not want to go to the gym and I'm preaching to myself because I actually hate working out and I really need to do it more, (laughs) but you leave and you're like, I'm glad I did that. Mm -hmm. Same with sex. So that doesn't have to be this crazy hour escapade. Like, no, no, like it can be a quickie guys. Like, sorry if this is like too much for you, but it's worth it. It's always afterwards. You're always glad you did it.
1: Yeah. I was in a room with two other women. uh, I don't know, like a month ago. And I don't know how this came up, but one of them was like, I don't even really like foreplay. Like we just do it because (laughs) like my husband like cares more about it. And I was like, I don't really either. And like the other girl's like, me neither. And like, but, but I think it just goes back to like, if, you, if you don't need foreplay and he doesn't need foreplay, like it doesn't have to be this hour and a half long experience,
2: no, but sometimes it can be. Totally. And sometimes there's plenty of times we're so tired. Cause he goes to work at 10 PM. Like it's a weird life we have. And a lot of times we're like, you want to just have sex in the morning? Cause that's when we're actually alone and not working. Like it's kind of our dinner time. If, flipped because our dinner time is when he's working and it's a million people. And so it, however it works for you is what is important. And if it's, we're going to have sex on these days, if you need some structure, like I think for us girls, it's really helpful to kind of be thinking about it all day instead of them bringing it up. And you not, you're like, Oh, I don't really feel like there's plenty of times. I'm like, maybe he won't want to tonight. I'm tired. That's okay. You know? And like, there's times where I'm like, I'm really, I can't tonight. I'm blah, blah. And he's like, okay, it's okay. But you just have to figure out what works for you. And that's what works for us. And to me, I remember feeling like it was the way to ensure our marriage. Hmm. It's like, what can I do? What can we do that like makes our marriage bulletproof? Hmm. And to me, that is like so important. And it really is. Like if, if he's getting what he needs and you're getting what you need and they're more emotional I will say what is it that book we read they were talking about oxytocin yeah what we release yeah. when we breastfeed and all these things for connection men release it after sex hmm. so they get that connection with you that we get to experience we release it way more than they do so we we're always connected we're always bonded but they release it then
0: I heard that and I picture like I don't know if you were like I'm not a seamstress I don't know how to sew at all but like if you were to sew two two bits of fabric together you know you like are putting the needle in one side and threading it around putting the needle through the other side you're just increasing this like bond between these two pieces of fabric that's what i always picture when i think of that that like when you're having sex you are connecting physically, but your body is, con- which is why it's so hard when we have sex with someone we're not married to and then get mm-hmm, broken up with by that. It's so devastating because it's like ripping something apart totally. that has been tied together. And, but it's, that's so powerful in marriage because you're just connecting and connecting and connecting and making your bond tighter and tighter and tighter, mm-hmm. which is really and cool. And it's a beautiful, it's the only thing you get
2: to give him that no one else does. Hmm. You know, it's, it's incredible. It's an honor. It's not this like, well, he wants to have sex again, and I like no. It's we have to reframe it, and we have to. It cannot be like this is for him. It is for you, honey. Oh, also, and it's for your marriage. For your yes, and if you're having sex, I we have a rule that I do actually believe everyone should have, which is one to one. You should both be orgasming every time you're having sex, <laughs> and it, if you don't know how or if you're struggling with that, talk to friends who have like. Get books. Get, yes. <laughs> like, because, because if you're not, then it does feel like it's for him. Yeah. And it does feel like a chore. Mm-hmm. It's not as enjoy. Like it's, it is, oh, I'm reading, um, girl, wash your face. And mm-hmm. she's like, she says the same thing in there. And she was like, it's not the icing on the cake. It is the cake. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yes. And she's like a second one is icing on the cake. <laughs> I'm like, Yes. Like it is the cake. Like you have, yeah. you have to be both. You both have to.
0: Yeah.
1: That's so okay. good. Unless I, you and I will say unless you don't want to. True. There are times that like I'm like, I am so not into this right now. And <laughs> Tyler is like, please dear God. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Like, quickie, let's get this over with. Like, I can go to bed. And like it's fine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yes. He's happy. I'm fine. We like so, but yeah, I'm with you. It's
0: a okay. cake. Okay. <laughs> Hannah, I think that you said this. So we did do a whole episode about this. We'll link to it in the show notes. But I think one of the things you said was that every time you do it, it gets better. So mm-hmm. if you're, if we're talking about so your honeymoon true. being tough, the first time you have sex, period, or the first time you have sex with someone, it's not like there are, there are just some like, where do you put your hands kind of yes. things that you're trying yeah. to figure out. It's it's not, it gets better with practice. And so Hannah, I think I remember you saying like with the frequency if you do it once, if every four times it gets better, I think this is what yeah, you said. Yeah. And you have sex once a month. Well, like how take a long time. This can <laughs> take a long time to get better at this. <laughs> but if you practice, and and Kaylee too, what you said, I think we don't know how to communicate about sex. If we're doing it more, we're gonna have to talk about it more, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna have opportunities to say, hey, like maybe try this. Or when you did this, it made me feel like this. Or I wish we could this. If it's never on the table, you're never going to talk about it. And the longer you don't talk about it and the longer you aren't practicing, yes. you're not trying it, mm-hmm. the weirder, the harder, the more awkward, the more distant it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think practice makes... Totally. And like not perfect, also but,
2: expectations, but getting rid of expectations, that's going to be this glamorous, like in no movie or TV show ever, do they show the girl getting up to pee afterwards?
0: Which you right. have to do, otherwise you're gonna get yes. A which,
2: yes. And the first year we were married, I actually got a decent amount of those and it was Bad and
1: <laughs> I, I like, not forget that uh, year. Oh,
2: it, I I was on like I was on antibiotics like every other month. It was horrible, and I don't even know how we got there or like. And all of a sudden, I honestly one day I prayed it happened again, and I was like, no more. I, like <laughs> I like, laid hands on myself. I was like, in Jesus' name, we are done with this. And I haven't had one since. I'm not kidding. Oh <laughs> not kidding. But it was it was hard. I came back from our honeymoon and. We, of course, you're like, how many times can we have sex in like a day? You know, you're like trying to just be adventurous and you have all these expectations. It's going to be this thing. It's not. And I came back. You can
1: only have sex
2: so, so many, many times. times a day. Especially
1: it's if it's you've never easy. had Your body is just before. not
2: supposed to. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, you go from zero to like a million. You're like, no. But I had a UTI on the way back from our honeymoon. Speaking oh. of, like, we didn't have an argument about it, but I was just crying. I was in the airport. I had—it was terrible. And we came home, and Tyler, because Tyler's is a servant, he came to our house. He put all of our gifts around, like, it was like Christmas. Like, he made them all look beautiful. <laughs> They're all stacked nicely in my home. Like, they had put groceries in our fridge. Like, it was so sweet. And I, I sat on the couch and I just cried and cried. I was like, this is not how I saw coming home from our honeymoon. I was like, I'm in so much pain. Like I, it was horrible. And I had to go to CVS and like, whatever. And now I look back and I'm like kind of tearing up even thinking about that story. Cause it's so tender to me now. But at the time I had these, this expectation, mm-hmm. what coming home was going to be like our first night in our, our house together. And yep. it just wasn't. Yep. <laughs> I had a UTI and I was crying when I was peeing because it hurts. So <laughs> yep. Like it, it's okay. Like That's we're it. here. Like get rid of this like imaginary world that everything is perfect. You're never going to fight. Sex is going to be incredible. Mind blowing every single time. Like just your people, yeah. your two human beings, broken, busted, and it's okay. And it'll be beautiful in its own way. Yeah.
0: I think too, like, you know, we do expect things to be so perfect, but looking back all the stories about like, we had no money. We lost a million jobs. We roller skated because we had, we couldn't go out to eat. We like, you know, Hannah's so sick cause she's pregnant that they can't go on dates because restaurant smells make her sick. Like, I mean, all these moments, crying on the couch because you have a UTI. Actually, usually when things go terribly, those are the best stories. So like, make sure to write them down. And those are the things that you're going to remember years from now Mm -hmm. and the stories you'll tell because they're the stories of things you got through together. And that's actually, I think what makes marriage so beautiful Mm -hmm. guys. Thank you so much for being here today. I loved this. I love you guys. I love your marriages. I love your husbands and, um, y'all all of you listening. I hope that this is encouraging. It's not supposed to be perfect. Um, where two, you're two people who are just trying to figure it out, trying to make a life together. And the whole thing is bumpy and weird and hard and, and no one knows what they're doing, but talk about what you're going through. Get some girlfriends around you, find some people, some people you can be honest with, ask for help, talk to your person. Do you guys have any last just bits of encouragement?
2: <laughs> therapy. Uh, <laughs> always, always always therapy. Always. therapy.
1: I'll say this and try not to make it sound harsh. I don't know if you got the vibe, but like if there are good cops and bad cops in the room, I'm the bad one and they're the good ones. (laughs) I'm
2: so (laughs) Um, not
1: true. Something I grew up always hearing from my dad, like, are you going to be the woman God designed you to be no matter your circumstances? Are you going to be the wife God designed you to be no matter how your husband is? Because in the end, all of this, it's really easy to like point the finger and the blame your spouse, that they're not holding up their end of the bargain. And that may be true. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is totally possible, but you can't change them. You can't fix them. You can't control them, but you can do all those things to yourself. And so, you know, pray the heck for for your husband, pray, pray, pray for him, but you control you, you be the wife God designed you to be. Mm -hmm. And if there really are serious issues go to counseling. And if your husband isn't willing to go to counseling, you go to counseling mm-hmm. and keep praying that he'll be available and ready to go to counseling at some point. But like a marriage totally takes two people, but you work on you.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly, my major point of advice always is honestly the sex stuff. I really think it changes the course of a marriage. Recently I was talking to a friend and he he was there. She was there. We were all like married couples talking and he was complaining about not having enough sex. And And I'm like, Oh, you want to talk about this somewhere else? Like we don't need to talk about this, but I think my friends closest to me, know we like talking about it and we will talk about it. And she's, she was feeling overwhelmed a million children. He's feeling neglected. And I think it all comes back to what can I do for you today? And if he, if she would be having, he wanted to have more sex, but she needed her load lifted. So it, If he were to say, what can I do for you today and help take some of the burdens off of her, then she would have, what can I do for you today? And it's so important to realize that sex is not a reward for your husband. If that is the case, you are treating yourself like a prostitute, that he has to pay some something to earn having sex with you. Absolutely not. You're better than that. He doesn't deserve that. You do it for connection. And I think it's, it will change the course of your marriage. I really... And when you're feeling super annoyed and super frustrated, go back to gratitude and say, spend an entire day not thinking of what they're not doing. Spend an entire day saying, thank you, God, that he does this. Thank you, God, that he does that. Thank you, God. And it will change Mm -hmm. your perspective. It will change everything. Like, just be grateful for why you married them. If you have to make a list all over again, do it. But honor him, respect him, love him, and he'll do the same, hopefully.
0: I love that. I think the thing about like someone has to go first. If mm-hmm. it if it is sort of a chicken and the egg thing, like if I feel more loved, then I'll want to have sex more. He'll feel mm-hmm. more loving if he has sex more. Like I think a lot of times we're waiting for them to go first, but it's like someone has to go first. Mm-hmm. And and Hannah, like you said, like we can't we can't control someone else, but we can control mm-hmm. ourselves. And so like whatever that looks like, let's be the one to go first. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. You guys, aren't Hannah and Kaylee amazing? I am so glad we were able to have them on the show again. All right, friends, that is it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything, it just makes sure that your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask y'all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Hi friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.